Enam him, Maya Vinam, skilled in conjuring tricks, Ritam arrogant, Nirankusham, self sufficient, Asatamam, most wicked, Akhida, play with, Balavat, like a child, Deva, O Lord. Yata as Ashivisham a serpent Utitam aroused. Translation of purport by his divine grace, AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Shudapopa. Lord Rama continued, My dear Lord, there is no need to play with this serpentine demon who is always very skilled in conjuring tricks and is arrogant self-sufficient and most wicked. Please repeat. Lord Brahma continued. Lord Brahma continued. My dear Lord, my dear Lord, there is no need to play with this serpentine demon. There is no need to play with this serpentine demon. Who is always very skilled, in conjuring tricks, and is arrogant, self-sufficient, and most wicked. Purport by Sridhar Prabhupada. No one is unhappy when a serpent is killed. It is a practice among village boys to catch a serpent by the tail and play with it for some time and then kill it. Similarly, the Lord could have killed the demon at once, but he played with him the, in the same way as a child plays with a snake before killing it. Brahma requested, however, that since the demon was more wicked and undesirable than a serpent, there was no need to play with him. It was his wish that he be killed at once without delay. Om Agyanat Nirandasya Gyananjana Shavakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narottamam Devim Saraswati Vyasam Tato Jaya Mudirayet Srimatam Svakata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Vridiyantistoya Bhadani Vibhunoti Sahitsatam Nastaprayeshu Bhadreshu Nityam Bhagavatam Sevaya Bhagavatir Uttama Shloke Bhaktir Bhagavati Naishtaki Vanchaka Patrubhyasta Kipasandubhya Evacha Patitanam Bhavani Vyo Vaishnadevyo Namona Mahas Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Prabhupavalabhaya Sri Dashila Vinodine Ajnana Dvandagamanam Pashyate Patitatmanam Jnana Gurutaya Chittaharine Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Krishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Nirtinamine Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shunyavari Pashyatare Satarine Jaya Shri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shiva Sadi Gora Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Lord Lama continues, My dear Lord, there is no need to play with a serpentine demon who is always very skilled in conjuring tricks and is arrogant. Self-sufficient and most wicked. So if you remember the recap, the demon is trying to provoke the Lord 
through very uh, arrogant words. And then the Lord says, go ahead and prove it through your actions. You've spoken enough. And so now they're beginning the battle, and they're both striking one another with their clubs, and the Lord is dodging Ranyaksha, and, and Lord Bor is uh, dodging Ranyaksha, and Ranyaksha is dodging Lord Bor. So the fight is um, escalating, and now the devas are coming to um, express to the Lord, please, just end this. And this demon has been harassing us. He's been creating chaos throughout the universe. Please end this now. And so why does the Lord uh, draw things out like this? The Lord creates drama. He creates uh, very adventurous and eventful situations. So the Lord is the origin of drama. Um, he's the original drama king <laughs> and queen. <laughs> he's the original drama master. So he is uh, dictating and he's, uh, he's like the director of everything going on in the spiritual world and material world. And so generally in Lord's pastimes, as we get to uh, know the Lord, we get to know Krishna, we realize that most everything he does is filled with adventure and drama. And these are two most popular categories, genres for films <laughs> and in the material world. And the Lord is a source of this. And so we can see, you know, throughout his pastimes that things don't just happen immediately. Things, things, there's a saga going on. Like, for instance, with Mother Yashoda. You know, it could have been that, the, you know, Krishna broke the butter pot and then the Lord pacified him. Uh, Mother Yashoda pacified him, and that's the end of the story. But there's this long, drawn-out situation where the Lord is running away from, from Mother Yashoda, and Mother Yashoda, hair is coming undone, and she's panning, and she's exhausted, and she's trying to tie the Lord and trying to bring the ropes, but the ropes won't tie the Lord. And then finally, you know, after much endeavor, she ties the Lord. And so we can see uh, throughout Krishna's pastimes, like in uh, the Kaliya, Kaliya Krishna Lila, when, when Kaliya was poisoning the Yamuna, and this was going on for a long time, it was causing great distress to the citizens of Vrindavan. So Krishna didn't immediately rectify the situation. But then he came um, as a supreme hero, and he very uh, beautifully walked up to the tree on the bank of the Jumuna, and he flapped his arms like a great swimmer, and he dove into the water, and everybody's watching on the shores. And everybody's just uh, traumatized by what's going to happen. It's exhilarating, but everybody's extremely afraid because Krishna's going to be hurt. And his mother is fainting on the side. The gopis are fainting to see that Krishna is going to go in and try to attack this multi-headed Kaliya. And so Krishna doesn't just immediately kill the demon or send the demon away. The Lord dances on the heads of Kaliya. And... Um, ultimately, this huge saga goes on where, where, where Kaliya is trying to bite Krishna, 
and all the heads are moving around to attack Krishna, and Krishna's ch- jumping from this head to the other hood on top of it, and it's a very beautiful scene. He's dancing, he's performing this great dance on the head of Kaliya, and then his jeweled feet are, are, are making red marks on the hoods of Kaliya, and they're glowing. And so everybody's on the side watching the scene, and, and, and the gopis, they, they don't even immediately know this is happening. They see the footprints of, the, of Krishna. So they're following to the banks of the Jamuna. And so everybody is just feigning and <laughs> all these things are going on. And uh, so eventually Krishna chastises Kaliya and the wives come, they pray, they pray for his release until so he sends them away. So we can see time and again, um, you know, why is it that you know, the Pandavas, the Pandavas went through so many difficulties, you know? These are great devotees of the Lord. These are great souls that descended into this world to be part of Krishna's pastimes. Why did they go through so many difficulties? The Yodana was continuously causing them distress. He tried to poison them, and then he he sent them away to a house that he was going to set on fire, a house made of black. He's going to set this house on fire. And then Vidura... He tips him off to this fact because he knows what's going on. So they dig this long tunnel under the house. So when they set the house on fire, then the Lord, then, then all the Pandavas are saved. They all escape through this tunnel. So we can see time and again um, this drama going on um, in the spiritual world. And, you know, even with, because we had a fire here recently, and we talked another fire pastime, when the Lord swallowed the fire, in Vrindavan. He didn't just immediately put out the fire. It wasn't a small fire. It was this very voracious, huge fire. This big fire. And and all the citizens of Vrindavan, it was to the point where they were all going to be destroyed. So at this point, they all petitioned the Lord, please rescue us, please save us. And then the Lord comes and the Lord swallows the fire. So it wasn't just an ordinary way of putting out the fire. The Lord actually swallowed these flames. So this is how the Lord behaves. And so why does, why does the Lord create these dramas? Why does it just happen like this? The Lord is creating a situation to separate the demons from the devotees, on one hand. On the other hand, he is winning the hearts of the devotees, so he, he's, he's enchanting the hearts of everyone, and he's really bringing out the root ingredient within the hearts of people. Where are they going to go? Because when things are, are smooth sailing, then, then basically um, we can put on an act very easily. We can, we can take on a, this false ego or that false ego, and it's very easy because things are smooth. But when the Lord intensifies things through uh, his manipulation of situations, then the real heart of a person comes out. And so you can see uh, what, what's going on in this verse, what Lord Brahma is saying. He's saying um, he's very skilled in conjuring tricks, arrogant and self-sufficient and most wicked. So the nature of the demons are coming out, 
when the pressure is put on. Like Kangsa, as soon as he found out that the eighth son of Devaki was going to kill him, then he started, then his nature is very extremely, I mean, he was wicked always, but then his wicked nature, his deep um, desires for material enjoyment within his heart, his competitive nature with God really was amplified and came out through this whole scenario arranged by Krishna. So then we saw Kamsa's true nature. And so then the whole time that the Lord is in Vrindavan, the whole Vrindavan Riva, Kamsa's true colors are coming out. So I was thinking like when we, when we bake or when we cook something, then we can see after something's put under heat in the oven, we can see how it, how it forms, right? So like if we put certain ingredients together and we put them in the oven, we're going to see um, the, really the nature of this particular dish after it's been put under the heat. Like when Ananda Prabhu bakes bread, if he forgets to put the yeast in and he bakes it, after we bake it, we're going to see the nature of the bread. Of course, Ananda Prabhu never does that. So the bread is always beautiful and billowy. But we can see through that process, through that pressurized process, that heat process, uh, the true nature of our desires come out. So Krishna, especially in the human form of life, when pressure is put on the living entity, it's really to uh, bring out those deeper desires within the heart, to separate those desires of the saintly and the desires of the, of the demonic. And those who are saintly, like we can see Lord Brahma and the devas, what do they always do when pressure is put on them? They always pray to the Lord. They take shelter of the Lord. It's called Sharad Agati. It means where do we go for shelter? So the devas, every time they're in need, the devotees, the residents of Vrindavan, every time there's pressure, they take further shelter of Krishna. They draw closer to Krishna. Their love and attachment grows for Krishna. And I was also thinking that like, when we see a great hero, then we have a fondness and we have an aptitude towards that person. Everybody likes, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, you know, the, the firefighters, the 9-11. Everybody likes the great hero. But what happens when the great hero has to be somebody very near and dear to us? Then our affection expands and grows, right? Like, have you ever seen um, a parent of somebody who, who is very successful in life? Like I remember watching basketball growing up, and sometimes um, they would bring the mother of the all-star onto the TV and they interview her. And oftentimes she'd be in tears, you know. My son, you know, I'm so proud of my son. And so you can see that uh, naturally we have a fondness and an aptitude towards great persons, towards heroes, right? But what happens when that person is not only near and dear to us, but is the closest friend of us. Suridam Sarvabhutanam. So here we have Krishna. Krishna is personally reciprocating with all the devotees. And when he behaves as a supreme hero, imagine how his devotees feel. I mean, there's nobody nearer and dearer to them than Krishna. And their, their little Krishna is you know, conquering the Kaliya demon, 
Trinivarta, Agasura, he's following the forest fire. He's doing all these wonderful feats. Wonderful Krishna. And in this way, because Krishna is such an intimate, close relationship with the devotees, you can imagine how their heart expands. How they, they faint and they shed tears of joy. Oh, they're Krishna. Now our Krishna is saving us again. He's lifting Govardhan. So, so Indra, so we can see again this, this pressure situation. Indra's uh, lustful nature comes out in this particular scenario, and he distances himself from God. He takes on these qualities of self-sufficient. I'm self-sufficient. I'm not in need of God or the devotees. Hey, welcome. I'm uh, becomes arrogant. He separates himself from Krishna, and he he works against the plan of Krishna. So that is the nature of what happens in this scenario. So in every single scenario where there's pressure in our life, it's a situation for those deep desires in our heart to coagulate and become manifest. What is it that we really want? And that's what Krishna is trying to bring out. Uh, time and time again, uh, when there's difficult situations, Krishna is saying, you have a chance here to show your love for me more. Uh, relationships are tested under stress. That's always how relationships grow and manifest and build, or how they're disintegrated. And Prabhupada said, he said, that is the nature of love. That is what love means. Love means there's every possible reason why we should break off from this relationship, but we don't break off from that relationship. We remain together. And that's the nature of Krishna's drama, his, his, his wonderful acts, um, really pressurizing us through these difficult situations to see what do we really want. Where are we going to go for shelter? Are we going to take shelter of the illusory energy? Are we going to take shelter of our mind, of this, of this material world, of false egoism, of the different influences of this world? Are we going to come closer to Krishna and closer to the devotees and embrace our dharma more? So that's what Krishna is doing through these situations. So he's charming our hearts, and then he's separating the wheat from the chaff. In other words, the desi deep desires of those who want to enjoy separate from him and those that want to come near him. So that ingredient that binds us together is just like the yeast in that bread or any key ingredient. Uh, so oftentimes they have an ingredient in food that binds the food together. Um, unfortunately, usually it's AIDS and <laughs> in our society. But you can also do the same thing with like applesauce or uh, like flaxseed. There's different ingredients that bind things together. So if that uh, key factor, key ingredient of the desire within us, because Krishna is arranging this whole material energy, right? He's, he's, he's arranging all the ingredients here. And so, but what he's bringing out is that key ingredient of our deep desires. So every difficult situation is an opportunity for those desires to manifest, to come out, to coagulate. What, where, where is this going to go? Is, that, is this person going to take this opportunity and come closer to Krishna? Or is this person going to distance himself from devotees in Krishna in every situation? And if we remain steadfast, then you imagine how the relationship grows and deepens, how the love deepens. The more that we go through uh, with people in our life, the more that we get through 
the deeper the connection and the relationship, the stronger the love bond is formed. So we can see this is a great opportunity because in spiritual life and spiritual relationships, uh, they're eternal. They're eternal. So unless we are bound to Krishna without any thought of going elsewhere, then we're still influenced by the material energy. But as soon as that uh, eternal bond to Krishna is reformed, then there's no question of going anywhere else. There's no question of, of, of distancing ourselves from our dharma, from our, our desire and activities to please Krishna. There's no question of it. Because that relationship has solidified, the desires in the heart have, have manifested in the true way, who we really are. Nitya Siddha, Krishna Prema, Sajikabhanoi, Shravanadi, Shudichitikari, That That love that's already within us for Krishna has now finally become manifest through Krishna putting us in situations that will allow us to get closer to Him. So the devotees see difficulties in life, like losing your apartment upstairs, it was like, as, a, as a chance to get closer to Krishna, the chance to show our, our loyalty to Krishna, as our, our, our chance to say, Krishna, I love you, and to actually live that, right? Because oftentimes people uh, say that in the material world, and it doesn't last very long. Very soon, uh, those words would become very empty, right, in time. And so Queen Kunti, she's actually expressing the sentiment that we're talking about. Yeah, and, and, and going through difficulties, and what she thinks about these difficulties. And also, uh, there's that verse that says, those who patiently uh, suffer these difficulties, and who say remain engaged in devotional service, uh, they attain the kingdom of God, basically like that. So this is how Queen Kunti is praying to the Lord. She's another great devotee who was part of this whole family of the Pandavas who was going through so many difficulties. And so this is how she's praying to the Lord. My dear Krishna, your Lordship has protected us from a poison cake, from a great fire, from cannibals, from the vicious assembly, from sufferings during our exile in the forest, and from the battle where great generals fought. And now you have saved us from the weapon of Ashvatama. I wish that all these calamities would happen again and again, so that we could see you again and again. For seeing you means that we will no longer see repeated births and deaths. My Lord, your Lordship can easily be approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. One who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve himself with respectable parentage, great opulence, high education and bodily beauty, cannot approach you with sincere feeling. So if we remain the status quo, we're just coasting, then that impetus to take shelter isn't there. And that opportunity to take shelter of God doesn't manifest. And so we remain in the material sphere. We, we don't have the impetus to transcend, to take shelter of the Lord. My obeisances are unto you, who are the property of the materially impoverished. You have nothing to do with the actions and reactions of the material modes of nature. You are self-satisfied, and therefore you are the most gentle, and are master of the monists. It's interesting, uh, and Queen Kuti says here that you are the most gentle because you are self-satisfied. And this gives evidence that when we are 
pushed by lust, where we are never satisfied in this world, we become uh, very uh, cruel towards ourselves and others, this material world, because this dissatisfied heart pushes us to do things that uh, hurt others and that hurt ourselves. So he says, you are self-satisfied, and therefore you are the most gentle. And Krishna is very gentle. He's very gentle with his devotees. Prabhupada said it's like resting in the hand of the Lord when we're in devotional service. He's protecting us and taking care of us. He's minimizing um, all the uh, karma that's supposed to come to us. My Lord, I consider your Lordship to be eternal time, the supreme controller, without beginning and end, the all-pervasive one. In distributing your mercy, you are equal to everyone. The dissensions between living beings are due to social intercourse. O oh Lord, no one can understand your transcendental pastimes, which appear to be human and are so and are so misleading. You have no specific object of favor, nor do you have any object of envy. People only imagine that you are partial. Of course, it is bewildering, O oh soul of the universe, that you work, though you are inactive, and that you, are, you take birth, though you are the vital force in the unborn. You yourself descend among animals, men, sages, and aquatics. Verily, this is bewildering. My dear Krishna, Yashoda took up a rope to bind you when you committed an offense, and your perturbed eyes overflooded with tears, which washed the mascara from your eyes, and you were afraid, though fear personified is afraid of you. This sight is bewildering to me. Some say that the unborn is born for the glorification of pious kings, and others say that he is born to please King Yadu, one of your dearest devotees. You appear in his family as sandalwood appears in the Malaya hills. So these particular prayers, Queen Kunti is uh, making this uh, very fervent request to the Lord to stay with them because she sees him as their only protection. And she is recognizing that every difficulty is an opportunity for the desires of the devotees to uh, expand, their attachment to Krishna to expand, um, their object of shelter to expand. And so these, these beautiful, wonderful prayers by Queen Kunti uh, really uh, show us and teach us how difficult situations in this material world, how um, all kinds of trauma can lead us to exhibiting our desires to know and love God more, to draw closer to God. And so that's the opportunity. That's the primary reason Krishna wants to win our heart. And also Krishna is not boring. Krishna is exciting. He is adventure. So all this intrigue is one of ultimately of love. And to separate the wheat from the chaff. Who are the devotees? Who are the demons? Like um, Job from the Bible. You remember, he had a wonderful family. He had everything. And so Satan was talking to God. And Satan said, oh, you're, you're, he's only your devotee because he has all these good things. As soon as, I, as soon as you take these things away from him, he'll abandon you. So in other words, just like we were talking about, it's superficial love. It's not real. In other words, the words were empty. The devotion is empty. And God says, no way. Job will never abandon me. It doesn't matter what I did. So he said, okay, so this is a bet. This is a test. So one by one, uh, the Lord takes things away. He takes his home away from him. He takes his children away from him. He takes his wife. He takes his livelihood away from him. And ultimately, he takes his health away from him. So he's diseased, he's impoverished, he has nothing, and he's praying to the Lord. Lord, uh, the Lord, give it, the Lord take it away, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
um, I'm your eternal servant, uh, no matter what situation I'm in. And so, in this situation, uh, we can see the heart of a devotee. They never uh, leave the Lord, they never uh, abandon this connection. They'll never abandon the most dear thing to them, which is their service to Guru and Krishna, which is their service to God, which means that their relationship is amalgamized and solidified. And that is something that can never be abandoned when there's true love and affection. The relationship can never be abandoned. It's just not possible. And uh, so Srila Prabhupada was, was making this statement in relationship to preaching because Rupa Goswami, he states that the most important principle favorable to executing devotional service is enthusiasm. And so enthusiasm is necessary for there to be a genuine service. Right? In other words, there's this constant endeavor to want to please those who are serving. And so this is what Prabhupada said. He said, that is first qualification, enthusiastic. Dullness will not help you. You must be very enthusiastic. My Guru Maharaj used to say, a person can become a preacher if he has got life. A dead man cannot become a preacher. So you must be very enthusiastic that I shall preach the glories of the Lord to my best capacity. It is not that one has to become a very learned scholar to become a preacher. Simply, it requires enthusiasm. And so we can see the Prabhupada is giving the formula, the same formula that Rupa Goswami gave, that uh, be, be active um, in our service to Guru and Krishna. Um, be, be determined to carry on um, this mission. And, and no matter what we know, to give these gifts, give these priceless matchless gifts to people of this world. And, and in so doing, um, our relationship with Salad is strong, right? Because we're remaining connected. We're, we're taking this as a, as a priority in our life, of what we're doing, which is ultimately to uh, reconnect with Krishna, to be able to accept Krishna the same way the residents of Vrindavan are accepting Krishna as their life and soul. And all the difficulties, all the demons coming, all the trials and tribulations, the fire taking shelter of Krishna, and then Krishna exhibiting his potency and his charm, and allowing us to um, just basically charm our hearts as the Lord does. And so, um, let's pray that we can all develop this mood. And in so doing, um, be saved from separation, which is the greatest hardship, separation from the Lord and the devotees. Are there any comments or questions? Yes. There's this one really ecstatic airport in the 7th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Papa says that the devotee sticks with Krishna through thick and thin. Hmm. And Krishna sticks with his devotee through thick and thin. So, regardless of material circumstance, like you were giving an example of Joe, and I'm not very familiar with that story, um, whatever the circumstance the devotee finds himself in, it in no way <coughs> affects his faith in Krishna, except that perhaps if it gets really difficult, then his faith in Krishna becomes strengthened even more by seeing how Krishna expertly steps up to the plate. And in the uh, Shikshashtakam, in, in the final verse, the Lord Shaitan is praying that um, 
You may make me brokenhearted by not being present before me. Or you may crush me in your embrace because God is very powerful. So when he gives an embrace, it can be like vice. When he's done vice. He said, but that's all right. You can do whatever you like because you're always my worshipful Lord. Is it considered also if, let's say, I know you were talking about the intellect the other day, you know, and of course, um, let's say we haven't fully read, let's say, the Bhagavad Gita, for instance, and it's like, you know, through the course of the delusional life, or however you want to put it, that maybe the access comes with time, because it's not that you might not have a connection, it's just like, you know, how when you wake up, let's say before you were developing you or just in general, and it's like the mind's on this detail, this detail, or whatever it is that might be, you know, swirling out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, God, oh yeah, Krishna, what are we doing, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm wondering if, you know, we practice all time and reading, that there's more... If you, Connection. <laughs> if, if you have, Does that make sense? If you have faith in the process, if you have faith in the process, uh -huh. then everything will come. So the main thing is 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 if you experience <laughs> so you're experiencing some results, some fruits from your connection and service and your connection to Krishna consciousness. So simply don't don't worry so much. Just keep on focusing on the process. Try to um, develop your connection more, like like you're doing now. You're coming to the temple more. You're doing more service. You brought those wonderful flowers yesterday, right? So you're, so you're doing more. Yeah, you're 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 an instrument of Krishna, and that's how Krishna that's how Krishna gives us an opportunity to serve Him. We become instruments for Krishna. So you, out of your own heart, you decided you wanted to bring these flowers to Krishna. So the main thing is, is that you just keep on uh, coming. You keep on serving. Keep on chanting and hearing, and have faith in that process. Everything will come from that. So, like, like if you take the medicine, health comes, but you have to have faith that the medicine will work. And you feel the integrity because it seems like the integrity is intrinsic with that too, not just you know just superficial. But or do you feel it comes like automatically with immersion? And as you said, sort of you'll you'll see some results in your life. But you reach a point where no matter what's going on, you develop, it's called um, strong faith. Like it's called nishta. You get to the point where, where you're not going to, you don't have any doubts anymore that the process works. So the integrity is there because you see results, right? The integrity wouldn't be there if you we were saying all these things and then you didn't see any results from it, right? So if you, because you keep on coming, I said that's evidence that you have had results from Krishna consciousness. So then just keep on, just keep on going, and you'll see more and more results. But you'll get to a point that you're not even thinking about that anymore. You're just thinking about, I just want to, I just want to serve more, I want to chant more, I want to befriend the devotees more. That's how you'll be thinking. And because the results will become completely enveloping your life. Because your life will transform, that's what it means to transform life. Means there's no question anymore. Right? Yeah, it feels like you know the integrity comes from an inner draw, like you know asking. Some days it's like you know you, you have to do this here. You know if it's my temple inside me or here. You 
you know, or it's like, no, get your booty to the temple. It's like, yes, I'm there. There's no questions, you know what I'm saying? And so I, 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 I respect what you're sharing, you know, have faith in process, you know, a connection with the Lord. With faith, faith is the first step, and then you'll, you'll realize more and more. Because you were talking yeah. about the integrity that's there. So you'll realize more and more. Yeah. But if you but if you hadn't realized some, then you wouldn't be keep still becoming. You would go somewhere else, right? Krishna reciprocates very largely, and you'll see the more that you give your heart to Krishna, the Krishna will greatly reciprocate with you, more and more. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the only utmost here is that separation of God with, you know, anybody that I may encounter, you know, with that possibility of connection with me there. I love this. This is my answer now. It always has been, you know, it's been melting over the last couple of decades, and at the same time, there's that urgent, well, you know, Thing of um, just so much wanting to connect and, and with the divine possible. I'm not trying to make my religion forgive me. You know, we call people, I know some people are like, what are you doing? You know, it's just that feeling, you know, but that's where I just want you to know where I'm coming from because I do attend and I know I feel because I'm reading the atmosphere as well. Well, I'm just saying, you know, but, um, and that is the process. It's the only thing that keeps me is the definitions. And I feel so grateful. This temple is like so unconditionally loving and here and, you know, having a brave someone as myself or anybody, you know, wherever they're at to come to these doors. I really highly respect that and share that. And it's, if something in me said, Yes, darn it, Lord, you're just all Krishna, forget your rest, you know, I revered it, but it just hasn't entirely, between us here, you know, worked at this point for my desire to serve the Lord, or to even have my, a real relationship. So we, we need to learn more about Yuta Vairagya. What's that? Vairagya. It means how do we do everything for Krishna? So I think sometimes uh, we don't always get a chance, as we'd like to, to teach everybody who comes that you can be a great devotee, you can be a wonderful devotee, you can still work a job outside, you can still um, you know, go on nature walks, you can still you know you can still do things, but you can be completely dedicated to Krishna and Krishna consciousness, and and it is a process. It's a it is a process. Well, you know, this is better, so you know, don't worry about it. There's a feeling also of not wanting to leave this world with any frustrations of attachment to material. I know the answer is this, but if it if it resides, if let's say we have imprints, you know, in ourselves, with our egos, our forgiveness, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to clean that up. But at the same time, you know, I've heard in some traditions, some say, you know, you really do need to clear that, that and, desire and, out of your karma. And just remember that medicine example, because if you're taking the medicine, everything else will come. So the main thing is, is try to hear what, what Prabhupada is teaching us, yes. what the devotees are, 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 are giving through Prabhupada, Absolutely. and try to um, develop a spiritual practice, like chanting, yes. 
every day and like you, you gotta wait daily spiritual practice and like everything else will come like we can't superficially remove things from our consciousness but through taking spiritual vibration through our in, from our mouths into our ears by letting it uh, sweep over us like waves keep on it keep on bringing the spiritual vibration and consciousness into our life our Thoughts will be purified, our words will be purified, our actions will become purified. That's the transformation of our lives. So that, that will happen. But don't think about the, don't think so much, don't focus so many on what's called a nartas, the unwanted things. Because the nartas will go, like the disease will go through the medicine. The unwanted things will go the more we add the process of Krishna consciousness. It creeps in, but I agree with you. You know, it gets easily started. Well, we, we, can, we can try, too. Like, we should try. Just like, just like it might not be easy to wake up in the morning. Like, for, none, for all of us, it's not easy. Like, when we first come, because we're used to getting up later. But um, we, we make an effort, and we really we try our best. But the main point is that if we, we maintain strong sadhana, then we at least try our best. Um, because then the focus is there. The right focus is there. If we focus on the anartas, on the unwanted things, then we won't be taking the medicine. Because we only have one we only have one place we can focus, right? Yeah. We're either gonna focus on external things and things that aren't essential, or we can focus on the essential thing and then therefore transform our consciousness. Yeah, okay. there can be like, you know, what has been established as priorities like paying bills or whatever it is, you know, or rent. It's like that's like a, a chunk right there and like how yeah. is that you know yeah. So, so, yes, I guess... It, That's just like maintaining our life. Yeah. Maintain our, we have yeah. to do that. Yeah. Prabhupada say, you know, we have to do what it takes to keep body and soul together. Yeah. We have to take care of ourselves and our families. But our main occupation, our main duty is to become Krishna conscious. Yeah. Our main duty is to fall in love with God, go back to the spiritual world, get out of this place of repeated birth and death. That's the main, main focus. Everything else is there to help us do that. Sure. That's Yuta Vairagya. Yeah. Yeah. Krishna says, one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost, nor is he ever lost to me. So we begin to see that. We begin to see Krishna's hand in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the plumbing. What's that? Part of the plumbing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Definitely. Okay. Within every atom. And He's within every atom. Gantara Shrima Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Jai Nitai Gora Premanande. Thank you. Mm-hmm.